Hello, welcome back to Monday Science. Before today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think about Monday Science um, and many other questions in terms of topics that you'd like us to cover in the new year. Um, The details of the questionnaire is on our website. Uh, We've changed the website a little bit. It's uh, mondaysciencepodcast.com, but you can still access using the old website address. Um, And the exciting thing with this is that uh, if you choose to fill out the questionnaire, you can also have the opportunity to be entered in our prize draw. And lucky winner will be announced on December 26th. So if you would like to please help us out so we can find ways to improve the podcast and make sure that you are all happy with uh, our content and all the other exciting activities we have planned, you can fill out the questionnaire um, and or survey by uh, December 24th, that's Christmas Eve, um, and we'll hopefully be announcing our prize winner on the 26th of December. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the episode. You're listening to Monday Science Podcast, the show that brings you the latest in science, technology and health with your host, me, Dr. Bahija Raimi Abraham. Okay, so today's Monday Science episode, we have another amazing guest, special guest, and this is in honour of the Fight the Fakes week. So I have mentioned loosely in episodes before that um, I founded King's College London Fight the Fakes campaign. And we have um, with us today on the episode, Miriam Hall, who is uh, one of the co-secretariats. Is that right, Miriam? Yeah. Yeah, co-secretary of uh, Fight the Fakes. Uh, Welcome, Miriam. Thank you so, so much for coming on the episode of the the show podcast. Yeah, today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Good, good. So if you don't mind starting us off by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Yes, of course. So hi, everyone in the the virtual space. Uh, Yeah, my name is Miriam. Thank you, Bahija, for the introduction. I've been working now um, for about three to four years in the area of uh, global development uh, with a specific focus on global health. And um, since two years, I'm uh, co-leading the Fight the Fake Secretariat, um, which has been a really great experience so far. Um, Just a little bit more about Fight the Fakes. I don't know how much everyone out there knows about the campaign. Um, It was established uh, seven years ago in 2013 as an online awareness raising and campaign about the dangers of substandard and falsified medicines. And it was founded by 10 partners, um, businesses, nonprofit, academics, uh, all working along the medical supply chain. And in the past seven years, we have grown and have dozens of different partners now and have also moved away from just being an online awareness raising campaign, but we also started to um, do awareness raising on the uh, on the ground, shape policy, and really try to to have a bigger impact. And I've been, yeah, co-leading um, the secretariat for Fight the Fake. So I'm uh, working with all different partners to create campaigns, uh, coordinate events, um, run the social media, the website, and also this year we've been a bit involved in in changing the governance and really making Fight the Fake a sustainable long-running association that is uh, really for a great cause fighting against falsified medicines. 
Amazing. It's just so, I mean, I, I, I can't sort of contain my excitement sometimes about, you know, how honoured actually it feels to be part of such an amazing campaign and such an important cause. Um, and, you know, it's just seeing how the campaign is just going from strength to strength, raising awareness you know, but also having impact and, as you said, you know, impacting and, and influencing policy, governance and things like that is just fantastic. Dare I say it, good work. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, okay, so we, we are going to talk a little bit more about uh, Fight the Fakes and we're going to talk about the global impact of fake medicines. But I always like to get definitions out of the way because we have um, people listening who may not um, know much about this area. So could you please explain the terms falsified, substandard and counterfeit? Yes, sure. So let me start with substandard. So substandard medical products, they are actually authorized legitimate medical products, but they fail to meet quality standards. Um, and this can happen, for example, if they are wrongly stored um, or they have been damaged during transportation. Um, so that is very important. They are legitimate medical products. Their quality is just not the highest standard anymore that you want them. Uh, for them to have the right treatment for the people and for example with wrong storage certain medication especially some vaccines they need to be stored in colder temperatures so if they are outside of the fridge uh, for too long they just lose their quality elements so that is substandard then we have falsified medical products so these are medical products that have been deliberately and this is the point here deliberately uh been developed and they misrepresent their identity, their composition and their source. So this is really criminals who on purpose manufacture medical uh, medical products that often look very, very similar to the original product. You can sometimes with just your bare eyes, you cannot tell a difference, but they do not have active pharmaceutical ingredients. Sometimes they have toxic ingredients and this is really deliberately produced to to not have a purpose or they they harm people um and then the word counterfeit or counterfeit medicine it's close to falsified it's often uh, used in in relation to uh, intellectual property legislation and also on trademark protection that is when the term counterfeit pharmaceuticals is often being used in a in the public or global health world you would say falsified medical products Okay, and so um, I guess for the purpose of the interview, because I can't all the time keep saying falsify substandard counterfeit, so I'm just going to bracket that to fake medicines, and I think that would be fine for this purpose. You know, it's interesting because with, when you started off with the substandard definition, it's it's important to understand that the falsified is like deliberate, isn't it? And yep. substandard may just be that it's not deliberately, you know, it's not deliberately um, done in that way. It's just it's of a poor standard and. I guess that's something people don't often realize and maybe they don't also realize that it's not just a problem that is in certain parts of the world it's everywhere yeah um <laughs> and this is why this sort of campaign is is so important so on that point actually what um what is the global impact of, of fake medicines so as, as you said it is it is a global problem it affects all part of the world um there the who says or estimations suggest that one in 10 medical products in lower middle income countries are substandard or falsified. So there is a greater burden in lower middle income countries. 
The reasons are various. They have um, lesser, like less rigorous regulatory um, mechanisms and requirements. They have more prosperous borders, uh, so illegal trade is just prospering in in the countries. Um, but it does affect, and I think the the pandemic this year has highlighted this uh, that it also it, it doesn't know any borders. This threat of fake medicines, so it can equally. Um, affect Europeans um, or yeah, people living everywhere. And I think the impact is, if you look at the direct impact on individuals who unknowingly take this falsified medication, I think in the least dangerous case, they might just don't do anything. Um, but then of course they can lead to further illness, they can cause long-term morbidity or they can cause even death. We have, there really is a big data gap, but we have some data, so for example, um, there are some estimations that suggest up to nearly 170,000 children might be dying each year from uh, falsified or substandard pneumonia antibiotics. And this is just something I feel like you cannot really grasp. It's very difficult to understand. Um, so this is really the direct impact on, on individuals, I think. But then it, there are whole other layers to it, which makes this problem really holistic and cross-cutting because it also due to people then experiencing further illness, morbidity, of course, this really derodes trust in modern medicine, in healthcare professionals, that people might be then afraid to seek healthcare. Um, and also, I think now with COVID-19, we will maybe have a vaccine uh, on emergency uh, approval basis in the next few weeks. but. I'm very certain we will have falsified versions of this vaccine circulating as well, well pretty soon. So, and there's already a certain hesitancy towards getting vaccinated against COVID around the world. So then having fake versions of this vaccine uh, circulating, it, it doesn't help to, to fuel trust in modern medicine. And then, of course, because people are sick for longer or really um, have um, long-term health needs, it puts a huge economic cost on patients, but also on, on healthcare providers. Um, so I think there was a study, I wrote the number down, from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicines. They uh, estimated that um, annually there could be 116,000 additional deaths from malaria in sub-Saharan Africa alone, and this just sub-Saharan Africa, and this could cost nearly 40 million US dollar. Um, on top of normal expenditure. So I think this is also something that you really have to think about. And then very specific, um, and I think this is also one of your main research areas, is also that fake substandard poor quality um, antibiotics or antimicrobials, they can fuel antimicrobial resistance. And this is one of them, one also of the biggest global health threats we have currently. Um, so yeah, really there are a lot of layers to, to what false fake medicines they do from an individual level to whole health systems. There's so there's so much to unpack in everything that you said. And I'm, I was there thinking, it's, it's I guess, and I'm sure I, I'm very new to the campaign, you know, the King's College London Fight the Fakes campaign only uh, was founded in March of this year. But as you were talking about all the different statistics, how do you not get overwhelmed with just the magnitude of what needs to be done? Because when you're hearing the impact of, you know, medicines and the work that needs to be done, how do you just stay focused <laughs> to achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve? I think, I mean, one thing that 
Um, Fight the Fakes really want does and wants to do more is to really have stories from people on the ground who have been affected by falsified medicines because I think to understand the issue it's it's easier to have a face to it, to hear personal stories, to really connect that this is an issue. Because again, I, I live in a high income country, you live in a high income country, and they are found here. But again, the burden is greater, the risk is higher in, in lower middle income countries. So this is not something that is better, like daily in my mind, or when I go to a local pharmacy in uh, in the city where I live in, I. I don't, this is a legitimate pharmacy. I'm 100% certain this is good, high quality medicine I'm buying. So I feel like it's a bit, I'm a bit distant from the problem given where I live. Um, but we really want to like show stories from the ground off. And I think we had some really, really uh, great story last year from a Nigerian entrepreneur who told me he was three weeks in a coma because he took falsified asthma medications. And this is something you're just like, how? Like, how do criminals take this risk that they could literally like be the cause of someone suffering like that? Yeah, it's a very cold thing to do, you know, to um, actively do something that you know people are already, access to medicine is a, is a challenge yeah. in low middle income countries anyway. And then when they finally can get medicine, the medication, it's already like, oh, finally I can get it. You've mentioned COVID actually, I wanted to just talk a little bit more about um, what has been the impact of, I don't know if this is the right way to word it, what has been the impact of COVID-19 on fake medicines or vice versa or falsified information as well? Um, I think it, uh, it is a bit of circular thing that has been happening. So I think what we saw very early on, because there was a huge demand for diagnostic testing kits, personal protective equipment like gloves, masks, also oxygen, um, and there was shortages all around the world. Um, and this was really the first reports linked to COVID was a lot of falsified masks, poor quality gloves, fake diagnostic testing kits. So this there was a huge surge um, in yeah fake medical products. Um, and also, I think in the very early days when um, the malaria drugs, hydrochloroquine, when they were thought to maybe have a positive effect on, on COVID-19, they were um, quite soon, I think the WHO issued um, falsified medic, uh, medical alerts for uh, the African region because they were falsified version of the malaria drug circulating. Um, and also not directly linked to COVID, but also there was a recent alert on a fake flu vaccine found because, of course, now people uh, want to um, certainly uh, want to get a flu vaccination this this winter in the northern hemisphere. So, so demand for flu vaccines has also skyrocketed. Um, so I think it has certainly, certainly increased um, the, the number uh, worldwide of fake pharmaceutical goods. Um, and again, I think it's only a matter of a few weeks until we have fake COVID vaccines circulating. Um, I think one thing that don't I don't want to call it positive because it's really not. But I think because COVID is quite heavily affecting higher income countries um, also falsified diagnostics and, and PPE, they are circulating and have been reported also a lot from higher income countries. 
So this has really shown this is an issue. This is global. This also really affects high income countries. It's not limited to South Asia in Sub-Saharan Africa. It's really not. So I think in that sense, it has made people a bit more aware in higher income country that it's really an issue. Um, but yeah, it has just skyrocketed. And then, of course, misinformation about cures, um, drinking, I don't know, cow urine, all these kind of very or like drinking bleach, stuff like that, which is just really, really wrong. Like this misinformation and on top of falsified products, it's just really, yeah, this infodemic, like the WHO is calling it. I think it's really has been a massive issue and like, especially falsified information online, it's, it's a big problem. It's hard to think that we're still in 2020. Yes. I mean, I'm like, wow, we're still here. But um, <laughs> yeah, the false information is, it's that's, one thing that I found very interesting for this year in that COVID has almost been a leveler globally. It's not, it's it's shown no discrimination. Everybody and anybody can be infect, affected um, by the impact. Um, and in a way, it's sort of, it, as you said, it's not the positive, but it's kind of unified everyone because everybody could be um, affected. And actually, the whole issue of misinformation, we've got, I was, in a, another um, interview I was saying we've got a project at the moment around with uh, Tim Timothy Mackey, Professor Timothy Mackey at University of California, San Diego, where we're exploring sort of the misinformation, disinformation, infodemic um, issue with hydroxychloroquine um, and, and just seeing, he's already done a study looking at a certain time frame and we're sort of collaborating in that space because that's been the interesting part for, for me I mean everything's been interesting but the misinformation and how quickly things have spread um and you know also as well the people who are also um disseminating the misinformation whether they're doing it on purpose or not but you know sometimes you see like things in the news and you're like I don't think that's accurate yeah <laughs> but 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 because Sometimes, the, you know, we nobody, especially at the start, nobody was an expert in COVID. Nobody knew anything. But because of that, I think there wasn't probably due diligence in checking if the sources. I mean, there, there was something um, the uh, King's guys uh, put on social media about falsified WHO documents that were going about um, sometime. Yeah, I mean, this... people even fake that they have been tested negative, like just testing, uh, yeah. testing certificates and stuff like that for, for traveling or entering border countries, etc. It's, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll be interested to see it similar to you know, what you're saying about the vaccine. I'll be interested to see what happens <laughs> and how, and how we can combat this issue of, you know, even the, the I don't know, the fake vaccine and the impact that this would have in people trusting the there's really a big issue around the trust of taking the vaccine and, and things like that so i don't know we'll see yeah <laughs> so i wanted to talk about the campaign and i just want to know what is the vision of fight the fakes for like the next five to ten years yeah i think i mean so first of all i said we started as a, as an online awareness raising campaign using social media facebook twitter uh the website and um, so we have since the last two years, we've really built on that and we have uh, done some really great on the ground events in, in Geneva, which is basically the global health hub. Um, and we've attracted more and more uh, people and organizations who are really interested in raising awareness. But I think what I personally would like to see in the next five to 10 years is 
is greater capacity building and training on the ground, like really in regions which are most affected. Um, I'd love to see it can be it can also start with online <laughs> trainings, but really online or also offline trainings on the ground, bringing together also different stakeholders in this again. So bringing together on the ground like healthcare professionals, um, regulators, government agencies, um, and also the public. I think it's really important that we just don't limit it to just one group of stakeholder, but really make it as holistic as possible. Um, this is something I'd really like to see um, growing in the next few years, the actual capacity building element. And then what I would love, where also I think the academic groups in Fight the Fakes will be really essential. Um, I'd love to see this topic be more integrated in university curricula, not just pharmacy curricula, but also global health curricula. Like, I just would love this to become already in university education more of a topic, um, especially also again in countries where it actually really is a daily problem which you can encounter. So I think this is something I would love to see as well. And then a bit more bigger vision or goal we would have for Fight the Face is we really want to build stronger relationship with the World Health Organization. And down the road, we would really like to apply for non-state actor status so what that what does it mean it means that we have uh, more um political impact that we are invited to the world health assembly that we can take the floor to deliver statements um and really have a new um i don't know if non-state actor status it really allows you to to engage on a higher level on a higher political level and i think this is something that really is for the next five to ten years but i think this is really where fight the fakes would love to go Fantastic. And I look forward to being part of that journey. And I think also where academia and, and people such as myself, where this is part of my research, you know, definitely providing more of filling that knowledge gap and working with partners on the ground, as you've mentioned as well, um, and, you know, other institutes and so forth and healthcare professionals to really get that data because you know, without the, we know what's going on, but without strong and solid data, and investigations, it's really hard to look for solutions, I feel, um, if you don't have a full understanding of the scope. We know the scope, but we need that data to even maybe sometimes show people in other organisations and say, look, this is actually a problem. We did this study. This is what we found. Yeah, and I think it's also, I mean, generally there's a data gap, but I think it's very often research is very focused on a specific disease area and a specific country. So yeah, then you have data on antibiotics in five countries in Africa, which is great, but it's really like just like bits and pieces where you have research from. And like, I think some areas or regions in the world, for example, I have barely seen any studies in the last two years from Latin America. Um, and oh, I'm sorry. I'm certain there are, I, I've lived in Peru for, for half a year and um, it's um, it has very um, developed parts. It has very good, in, in bigger cities, also very good accessible healthcare, but in the more remote parts of the country, it's a very, very different story. It's super mountainous with the Andes. Um, very remote communities are still living there, also in the Amazon rainforest, etc. So. I really feel like there's barely any data on this topic in Latin America. Most data is from, from Sub-Saharan Africa or also India, um, South Asia, but 
yeah, the Latin American continent is there's really big data gap. Dare I say it's always the same countries that you are seeing that data and that literature. So yes, we know of what's going on in certain parts of the world, but yeah, hopefully um, we can contribute to filling that knowledge gap. So fight the fakes, what is nice as well is that it's not just, uh, there's so many different uh, facets to the campaign, but one of the, um, one of the platforms or tools that the campaign has is a reporting scheme, um, which I find really, really uh, interesting. So reporting of suspicious cases. Could you just tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, First, it's quite difficult really sometimes to spot falsified medicines um, because they really, I mean, criminals are also getting really sophisticated, however, it really looks like the real product. Um, but there are certain things you, you can do um, when you maybe think you have a falsified medication in your hands. Um, so you can, of course, always um, reach out to your local or national-wide health authority. Um, or even to a healthcare professional, your, your local um, doctor, if that is the closest person at reach and the one that you know how to reach out to. And then we actually, it's also a partner of uh, Fight the Fix, it's the Pharmaceutical Security Institute. Um, and you can re report suspicious cases uh, to them and they um, will take it forward from there. And um, I think it's, if you are in any way concerned don't just let it drop to the wayside and be like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm probably wrong. It's going to be fine. Um, no, like report it. And you, you, it might be just some damaged packaging. And in the end, it's actually a legitimate medicine, but you don't know. So I think this is what we we want to like encourage people. Like don't be, be shy or embarrassed thinking that you might have fraudulent fake medicines in your hands uh, that you purchased it but reported. Yeah reporting is so important um, and I think this is this fantastic if we could get more people to use that platform and, and as part of the campaign I think that would be one step closer to you know solving this challenge is one one step that I think is, is an important one um, as well. And so actually, what what are, I mean, you've sort of alluded to it, but what do you think is the, because I like to be solution focused, we've talked a lot about the problems. So, because we're um, a forward forward thinking um, campaign and, and want to actually solve, we, you know, there's a lot of conversation about fake medicine, but let's actually solve the problem. So what would, um, what do you think is the solution to eradicating the issue of fake medicines? How long do I have? <laughs> <laughs> as long um, as you <laughs> No, I think, so first, I think it's important to understand that it's not the one and only solution to eradicating falsified medicines. It's a cross-cutting issue across all disease areas, um, across all sorts of stakeholders. So I think, and I think Fight the Fix is, is doing this really well, is that you integrate as many relevant stakeholders in your response as possible. So the public, of course, is one um also need to be included in the response always, but you need to include healthcare professionals. They need to know how to spot fake medicines um, or, or identify maybe unusual side effects that would normally not occur. And then they need to like realize oh, why, what is going on here. Um, we need policymakers on the table. Um, law enforcement agencies is actually also a very crucial stakeholder because um, we need stronger legislation and also stronger implementation of the legislations. Um, so this is where law enforcement agencies are really important. Regulatory agencies, drug authorities, they are crucial. 
Um, and of course, the pharmaceutical industry also needs to be at the table because they have also schemes in place to secure their medical supply chains. But um, in certain parts of the world, they, they still get interrupted. And then academia is very important in providing more, more research and filling this data gap. Where's actually the issue? What is Which medicines are most affected? Which region regions are the most affected one? So I think it really, it's an issue that, needs to bring everyone together at the table. And yeah, I think in terms of like more specific things, I think data and surveillance is crucial. We need to understand this issue better um, to to really implement the right strategies to prevent the, the manufacture and the trade in fake products. And um, we need, as I said, stronger, more robust legislation and implementation. And also in many um, actually like laws the issue of fake medicines is actually a trademark violation or an intellectual property rights violation. It's not identified as a deliberate act that is harming people's lives. So I think this is very crucial that it's being recognized that intentionally hurting people, it's not just an IP violation. Um, and of course we need way more, especially in lower and middle income countries, we need robuster, more secure supply chains. And I think, We've seen this, I think there's a lot happening in terms of like startups uh, with digital tools, um, developing like nano scanners, mobile phone applications. There's a lot happening in that space. And I think it's really important, but it also needs to be a bit more streamlined. There's so many organizations, startups working on these technologies to spot fake meds. Um, but yeah, they, they need to come together and not work in silos. I think this is really important for this issue that people come together. And That's fantastic. And also, you know, everything that you're saying, people can connect to what you're saying. And if there's anybody that's listening to this and it's like, oh, actually, I can contribute in this way and that way, there'll be details of how to get in touch um, with uh, Miriam via the Fight the Fakes campaign. I'll put the website details and social media because it is a global effort and people should listen to this and think that they can't contribute you know who especially with any skill set you know people yeah. can come together and and get involved because it will take a global effort it will take a multidisciplinary approach um to achieve these goals i didn't realize that um the, the kind of law is around trademark i thought they would have actually changed it to sort of like manslaughter or you know intent mm -hmm. to harm I, wow. I, I don't know if specific countries might have those regulations in place but it's mm -hmm. often still identified as a trademark or yeah, IP violation, which is just outrageous, I think. <laughs> oh, I agree, especially when you see the impact. I mean, the example you mentioned of the person that had the reaction to the um, asthma, asthma medication. medication. And, and I know through the campaign, I've learned of other examples. I've, funny enough, actually through the campaign, it's initiated interesting discussions with people who themselves have had experience. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that you had that experience um uh with fake medicines or you know and things like that um and so what would you because you've mentioned some of the successes in terms of where the the output sorry that the campaign has had but is there one success if you could name one that for you you're like you're really proud of that has been achieved um since the campaign was started i mean i think since the last two years when I was with Fight the Fakes, I think my, my personal highlight would be that um, on the, the World Health Assembly in 2019, when we put together 
um, with very limited financial resources, but great efforts from up to, I think, seven partners, an event in Geneva on the ground on the sidelines um, of the World Health Assembly. And it was great. We had also regulatory um, authorities, drug authorities from Nigeria, from Ghana, the heads were, were in attendance. Um, we had people from the WHO, we had students. It, there were 150 people listening to our event um, and people still two, three days later came up to me and said, oh, you were, I saw you at this event, you were one of the organizers, right? I was like, yeah, and they were like, this was so, so great. And I really felt like this is an issue that it has not been, it hasn't been ignored, but it's a fairly neglected issue in global health. It really hasn't received the, the attention it should. Um, and I think, yeah, really seeing that the people actually now, now they're interested about it, they want to learn about it. And that really made me think like there is so much potential and there's so much interest and passion from people to really move the needle on this issue. I think that was my, my personal, um, personal highlight. And then I think, um, what we've done this year, because so fight the fix has is in existence in seven years, but it was always a form quite informal, quite loose campaign um, with a lot of great partners, but it didn't have a very strong financial or sustainable structure. And we really managed this year to um, put a very, very formal structure in place. We have, we will register. We are in the process, basically, as I speak in registering it as a non uh, not-for-profit organization in Switzerland. Um, so it will be an official association. It will not be an informal campaign anymore, but it will be an official, recognized by the law, finance, sustainable um, association with really 16, I think by now, very, very engaged partners from all along the medical supply chain, from from King's Academia to um, IFPMA, who's the, the international trade body for the pharma association, to more specific organizations who specifically work on malaria or on cardiovascular diseases. And we have the voice of the patients included um, and also track and trace um, partner who do all the stuff with the technology to really like increase the traceability of medicine. So I really think that this effort to to remodel the campaign and really have it in an official structure. I think this has been this has been a long time coming and I'm very proud that today actually on the, the 7th of December that we are launching it officially. So Amazing. yeah. Amazing. No, it's it's um it is exciting and as I, I said before it's an exciting um, cause to have the privilege to be part of um, and and also the support I think that's one thing that I can say the campaign you know over the past few months has been interesting because it's it's support that all this different partners there's a lot of support from everybody because we all have this commonality and this focus of, of this one cause um and this kind of focus to solve this problem i i wanted to say that um i think one of the challenges with the sort of fake medicines era uh, section or or problem sorry is the fact that i feel like fake medicines has been going on for years right for centuries for decades 
And it reminds me similar to when we're looking at the challenges around malaria, which is like malaria is one of the oldest infectious diseases, but it becomes part of people's normal conversation. So they don't see it as a problem because it's just the way it's just there. Yeah. And I wonder if it's a similar thing. It's like, yeah, of course, the people in the respective countries, they're aware of that there could be something fake and, you know, that they, they know, but it's not classed as being serious because it's part of the culture, quote unquote. Part um, of the wrist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that that was something when you said that was got me thinking about some some um, ideas actually, and and just yeah, very interesting. Um, so we're, we've come to the end of the interview. I'm always sad when it's the end of the interviews. I can talk to people forever, which is maybe I need to think about what that means. But anyway, <laughs> um, quickly, I can't believe it's I know. Been half an hour longer. I know. Um, so there are two last lasting questions last questions concluding comments sorry that i wanted to ask so the first one being um what advice would you give people about fake medicines just in a general sense i think uh general be aware they exist be aware that in certain part of the world they are really an issue although you might live in in germany in denmark in the uk and you don't um it's not an everyday threat to you be aware that this is something that really affects other people and if you are more interested in this issue, get engaged, speak up, join Fight the Fix. Brilliant. That's it. Simple. They two actions. Actually, I love, love when people give actions for people to, to do. And so what would you say would be your key take home messages from everything we've talked about today? What would be the key take home messages? I have to say when I talked, when I mentioned to my friends um, or family what, what kind of projects I'm working on and I mentioned Fight the Fix, I'm sometimes surprised how little they actually know or they are aware of this problem. So I really would urge everyone to to talk about it, to, to if you know about it, if you have been working with it, try to um, educate your, your, your friends, your network, um, and really like, it's like, because we want to reach as many people with our messages and really increase awareness. So I think sometimes people forget that every individual plays actually a part in this awareness raising. It's not just the big organization, it's the people. It's like from mouth to mouth, right? So it's just uh, speaking, it snowballs. So I think this is something I would really encourage people that are working in this. Take the time and just speak to a friend and talk about when you talk about your work, mention this. Um, then I think maybe a second one would really be, I think, we really need more more research and more funding also for research. It's something I, it's because you cannot do successful prevention programs, mitigation strategies, if you don't have the data, which um, forms the base of those programs and strategies. So I think this is vital moving forward and successfully fighting against falsified medicines. We need to do it effectively and sustainably and we need to know how and for how we need the data. And I think that is super important. Um, and maybe a third message, um, be mindful whenever you purchase medication. Um, especially maybe what is a bigger risk here in, in higher income countries is online purchase of medications. So, be aware if when you purchase medicines online that it's a verified online pharmacy. Uh, when you purchase medicines um, from from an actual pharmacy, also be mindful that this is um, a high 
like a legitimate pharmacy and especially also when you maybe travel and get sick maybe refrain from just going around the corner to the nearest shop and buying medication there even if it's just some painkillers if you have you should take the time to seek out proper healthcare when you're sick when you travel um so yeah just be mindful this is an issue and it can Thank you so much, Miriam. Those are some powerful take home messages that um, and with actionable steps as well, which is always good. And so just want to thank you for taking the time to come and speak with us today and share just the amazing work that you're doing with Fight the Fakes and the progress. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I, I could talk about this topic for ages. Um, You're going to have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. We're really looking forward to also I can just as my final words, this week, today is the start of the Fight the Fakes week where we really want to like make as much noise as possible. Last year, our messages on social media reached 4 million people over the whole week um, of all Fight the Fake partners, individual involved. And I would love to, to break this number and reach even more this year. And King's um, set up an incredibly amazing webinar series um, every day this week. There's a different webinar focusing on a different issue, talking about falsified medicines in Africa, fake medicines online, fake anti-malarials. We have a great lineup of speakers. A lot of Fight the Fix partners are involved and I'm really, really looking forward to them. And I can just urge everyone to, I know not uh, you will not have time to watch them every day, but pick the one you're most interested in, dial in and ask questions. Thanks for joining us this week on the Monday Science Podcast. Make sure to visit our website. Uh, details are in the episode description where you can subscribe to make sure that you never miss the show. Uh, so catch up with you next week. Bye.